3: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW.
0: Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
4: Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlegajet1, and I am joined by the man who is the publisher, the owner, the lead reporter, the whole shebang at jetsinsider.com, and of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. What's going on, Chris?
5: Yeah, not much. Just uh, trying to, you know, enjoy a little bit of this downtime before we kick into the draft high uh, high gear.
4: I texted you this morning to set up a recording time and I asked if you were big deal in it. And you said, it's the only way I know how to do it.
5: Yeah, that's it. It's I It just, you know, it, I just am. I just be, and that, it, that just happens to be a very big deal. So everywhere I go, I'm, I'm big dealing it everywhere I go. Just, I can't escape it if I want it to.
4: Just like Rob Gronkowski will never escape it. Everybody knows how great and a big deal he was. But his time on the football field is over. He announces yesterday that he is going to retire. A sigh of relief for Jets fans everywhere. Although Gronk obviously was going at half speed the last year or two, still Rob Gronkowski, a four-time All-Pro, probably the best all-around tight end any of us have ever seen. Tony Gonzalez, obviously great. You could go back to Kellen Winslow. There are a whole bunch of others that we could put into consideration. But when you consider blocking, route running, athleticism, size, speed, hands, every everything this guy was the entire package if he could have stayed healthy his entire career god only knows what he could have accomplished even though he's already a multiple time super bowl champion and all pro so it just goes to show you that because football's such a violent game even the best can have their limitations but i'll tell you when you watch gronk the thing that always struck me was at six foot seven 265 pounds he could move like a guy half his size and how do you guard somebody like that <laughs>
5: Yeah, uh, he. It was just different. He is a different animal, a different beast, and he, he's he's the goat. It, there's at tight end position, he's the absolute best. Uh, you know, you can look at somebody like Tony Gonzalez, obviously had a longer career, um, but Gronk. And if he if he didn't get have the injuries he had and just played through, just like you said, imagine imagine what he could have done um because especially these past handful of years he's he's been suffering he's been playing through the injuries he hasn't been the same player he was and you look at last year through most of the regular season you're watching and you're just like yeah Gronk is Gronk is done like he's not anything close to the threat he used to be and then you look at the playoffs and yeah he wasn't great through any one game but he still made huge plays and huge moments, and you cannot convince me that they could have won the Super Bowl or even gotten to the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for Gronk making those timely plays and all that. That's it's going to be a struggle for the the Patriots to replace him. That's obviously got to be you know something Jets fans should be excited about. That's a huge uh, one less huge weapon for Brady. And now it's really, you know, Edelman. We'll see what happens with Josh Gordon if they get him back into the fold. And then, obviously, you know, the Patriots do what they're going to do. They'll re- draft and replace. Uh, it's up to the rest of the NFL to make sure that one of those uh, Iowa tight ends are aren't still on the board when the Patriots pick in the first round because if they end up coming away with Noah Fant or something, the, the NFL is going to be extremely upset that they allowed that to happen. But as frustrating as Gronk had to be for Jets fans to watch, I mean, he was so good and so much fun. Like you said, all-around uh, player. His blocking, it was incredible. Like, he was an extra offensive lineman out there. And most people look at Gronk and they just see the highlight catches and the plays, how indefensible he is in the receiving as a receiver. But he was equally as good as a blocker, and he was just an impossible guy to to cover and match and and defend. And now that's one less piece that uh, you know defenses are going to have to worry about when they go up against Brady and the Patriots.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. The end of Gronk
4: reminded me a little bit of the end of Tim Duncan. I know it's a different sport, but you had two guys that are among the best to ever play the game, and they weren't quite moving or performing at the capability that everybody had seen them perform at for the bulk of their career, they were moving slower. They were a little more limited. They were getting hurt more often, but they would be rested. And then, like you said, in those big moments, you would always see them step up and do something when it really had to be done.
5: Yeah, exactly. Like you know, it was he wasn't able to do it every every three downs to you know extend the first down drive. Brady had to look elsewhere to get a lot of that throughout the game. But in that moment when they absolutely needed it, he could go to him and he could just summon it up. And it was like he would just be like, all right, I have five plays in me this game. So we'll just have to make sure we time those right. And that's basically what it was. And he would make those handful of big plays and that would those handful of big plays would be just enough to get the job done.
4: He was so good and so much fun to watch that even Christopher Johnson, the acting owner of the New York Jets, said that he's going to miss him, sort of. His exact quote was, to take a step back, I'm going to miss him as a player because he's absolutely magnificent. If you ever play the game like I do of, if I could steal that player off that team, he's one of the top players I've always wished was a Jet. Just an extraordinary man and an extraordinary player. So he's saying what we're saying, that you're going to miss watching him because of how great he was. And as a football fan, you love watching him do his thing. But as a Jets fan, you hated watching him do his thing against the Jets.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I say this all the time because like for for fans, it's, you know, it's pr- probably a lot easier to just be like, I'm just glad he's gone. But if you're just a fan of the sport, someone like me, I just love watching football and, you know, I love watching basketball. I, I love the players, the best players. I like watching those players do what they do best and t- for somebody like that it's impossible to watch Gronkowski and not just love watching him play uh but for fans obviously they, they've watched Gronk kill them year after year after year and so they at this point they're just like thank god he's gone uh but you know definitely it's one of those things Jets fans the, the owner they'll talk about it that they've been getting they know they're getting their uh what's beat by the Patriots for so long, but you have to appreciate what they do. And if you can't appreciate what Rob Gronkowski did on the football field throughout his career, then I'm going to question how much you really love football. You can get super frustrated and hate him and celebrate dancing in the street that he's retired now, but as good as he was as uh, just insane and fun as he was to watch, if you can't appreciate what he did on the field, I question your love of the game.
4: Even the acting owner of the Jets said that he's going to miss watching Gronkowski play, so that tells you all you need to know about what a special player he was. That wasn't the only thing that Christopher Johnson had to say at the NFL meetings, however. A lot of things came out of his mouth, and let's deconstruct them all one by one here, Chris. He talked about how the Jets got their, quote, wish list in free agency. Here's his quote. These are kind of like a wish list. As a matter of fact, it's a wish list because we put together the list prior to free agency, and we got a number of the people we were hoping for. I think the team is better right now than it was a month ago pretty much obvious what he's saying we all knew that they were going to be targeting a lot of the best players we didn't realize that it was going to include cj mosley but then again we also didn't think that mosley was going to shake free obviously they went hard after anthony barr that didn't work out but it does seem like a lot of their top targets they ended up being able to land
5: yeah definitely barr is the one that we know they missed on uh, you know, we, we thought that they were going to be going super hard after one of the centers, Paradis. We know what happened there. They didn't actually go after, and it appears that the, they were in on Moore's, but not that in on Moore's, so he wasn't really uh, in that, uh, wish list. It was just at bar that seems that they missed on it, and they had it for a moment, and, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. That might end up being benefiting them in the long run, not to give Anthony Barr that much money, for, with the hopes that he could turn into a pass rusher. But to come out of, you know, they they couldn't. There was no way they're going to fill all these the holes they had. And I know Mr. Johnson talked about that too. But to come out with Le'Veon Bell with Jamison Crowder. With swinging the trade for Colicchio, Semoli, and then C.J. Mosley, that's that's a pretty good haul in one off season, and it, it, you you can understand why Christopher Johnson would be sticking his chest out a little bit, thumping it just a little bit, and feeling a lot better about
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Since
4: we brought up Anthony Barr, Christopher Johnson took the high road on that situation. He said, we want people to be on our team who want to be New York Jets. Not everybody wants to be in New York. If you didn't want to be here, that's fine. It's disappointing when someone backs out on an agreement, but we want people who are all in. This is one of those deals where he's saying what has to be said, but I'm sure behind the scenes, he and McCagnan and Gase and Williams and everybody on the coaching staff and in the front office was really upset because they felt like Barr could have been that pass rusher that they really wanted and needed.
5: Yeah, you know, and this is another one of my issues with the uh, two day the legal tampering period because you give those guys they have to sit, you know, and wherever they are. They can't make visits. They can't talk to the coaches, the coaching staff. Like, if Anthony Barr, you know, he said what he said and everything, but if he came here and actually had a visit and actually got to see the area around Florham Park and see everything there, and they got to talk to the coaching staff and got to feel for him, then uh, maybe he would be way more comfortable and uh so who knows there i think it's just one of these situations where just the logistics of everything uh make that a little more complicated it it shouldn't be this complicated of a decision for the player to be able to make this huge life-changing decision they should be able to take their time a little bit to go check out the area and not have to worry about it but they have to agree to the deal quickly otherwise the money starts drying up quickly So it gets complicated, but ultimately Christopher Johnson's right. Like, if you if you could force him to come here, do you really want to? Like, if if his heart's not in coming here, and if he has concerns and everything, yeah, maybe he comes here. They get alleviated quickly. But you're going to invest that much money into a guy and ask him to do something he hasn't done in the NFL. On top of that, you want to make sure he's fully committed and he fully invest. So it's it's easy for me to sit there and understand why he would say, all right, you weren't invested, you weren't committed, we're just going to move on and be okay with it.
4: This is the difference between a plan on paper and a plan in action because a plan on paper doesn't account for stuff like Anthony Barr not being comfortable coming here or not being comfortable leaving Minnesota. That's something that you can only think about in your mind until you actually go out and try and get him here. And so like you said, as much as they would have wanted him if he was going to be uncomfortable here, that was probably going to be a bad situation and not be a positive part of the plan. A plan that Christopher Johnson believes in, and that includes Mike McCagnin, he defended five... Todd Bowles, but also vigorously defended, keeping Mike McCagnin. He said, we have a plan and I'm really happy with how we're executing it in the offseason to date. Also said, we'll see how things go in the draft while praising McKagnon for being terrific at his job. I know that a lot of people are going to get wound up by these comments, but this is nothing more than somebody saying what they know they need to say. Because what else is he supposed to say in this situation? Yeah, I know we've lost the last three years, but I kept Mike McKagnon. And hey, let's hope it works out.
5: Yeah, this is... Another one of the dumb things about this job, they give entirely way too much access to us reporters. We don't need to be there. We don't need these quotes. Like, what is he supposed to be saying right now? That if, if he was going to, you know, really be critical of McCagnin's tenure here, the time was before he decided to to keep him after that point it's just what do you expect him to say of course he's going to continue to praise him and back him up he's his gm he's not going to sit there and be like oh yeah he he's been bad but i kept him anyway so he's going to come out and he's going to lie and he's going to say this stuff and what is, that's the only thing he can say that's literally the only possible thing he could say and if he said something else then people would be crushing him for that and it's just they allow this access so editors send everybody out to cover it but we're not actually getting anything of value here unless you know if something random happens like Gronkowski announces his retirement they can just Give us that information as it happens. We can all wait and they can just send us a memo with all the the rule changes and stuff. They, they give us entirely too much access so we can sit there and talk things up as if they actually matter when we all know that what he just said, those words don't mean anything if the jets go on to have another four and, uh you know 12 season like that's gonna be a huge problem for mccagnon and and for adam Gase. and nothing he says today is going to change that and if they have a great season then nothing he said today is going to matter either so it, it just it's all nonsense but and people love to get worked up about it but, but you know i can't figure out why
4: Another example of what you're talking about is the fact that Christopher Johnson said that Gase and McCagnan are working very well together so far, which is hilarious because they've been working together for two months, haven't even had a draft yet, haven't had any training camps, haven't had any regular season games, haven't had anything other than a little bit of free agency and everybody pretty much agrees who the big targets were, so that's a bizarre thing, but again, another case of Johnson saying what he feels like he needs to say, and continuing with Gase, he also said that Gase is built an amazing culture behind the scenes so far he's been here two months again this is just more christopher johnson saying things to say things because there's really no way to know what the culture is going to look like here when there hasn't even been a draft we haven't even seen any training camps yet
5: yeah and and look anybody that's followed me knows me knows how much i hate that word culture to begin with it's one of those buzzwords that doesn't really have any meaning with it. it. It only has meaning with it. If you have winning behind it. Um, to, But yeah. Okay. McCagnin and Gase are working so well together. Uh, okay. Uh, all I heard. To, uh, through Bowles' tenure, was how great McCagnon and Bowles worked together, too. Uh, you know, Rex and Itzik worked re- great together until they didn't. Rex and Tannenbaum worked great together until they didn't. Like, everybody works great together at first. And that, uh, just imagine, I want to see somebody, you know, two months into, oh, yeah, they're they're really having trouble working together. We haven't even had a game yet. And they're, nobody's going to say that. Like, and okay you can work together and still not produce results uh sometimes we've seen people uh staffs and people have openly not work well together but it produces good results that the results are all that matters here the relationships how well they get along it doesn't matter what matters is going to be the results And this is all just filler stuff just to make the fan base feel better about the direction of where this is headed is the arrow pointing up. We're turning this culture around. I mean, aren't fans tired of hearing about the culture they are turning around every three years?
3: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW,
0: Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
4: In reality, all that Christopher Johnson can do at this point is hope that McCagnin and Gase work half as well together as Nimbly and Mason, right?
5: Exactly. Exactly.
4: <laughs> listen, the problem is neither one of them is a very big deal. So that's where the schism comes because you're trying to bring me up to your level. And with McKagan and Gase, we don't know who's on what level, right?
5: Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, somebody's got to get this information to them across. And if they, if they want to lean on the very big deal and let the very big deal take them under their wings, see if you can brush some of this big, very big deal, uh, you know, off on them. And, and help them along the way, then I'd, I'd be willing to, you know, show them the way a little bit. But, you know, they, they, I'm the big deal. they got to come to me.
4: They should reach out to the very big deal and also to the Twitter legend Paulie Brzez because Christopher Johnson talked about something that's of particular interest to Paulie, which is of course the brand new uniforms which are set to be released on April 4th. Here's what Christopher Johnson had to say about it. The fans are going to love this. I think it's about time for us to have a new look. I think this is going to be well received. These things are pretty badass, I think. So first of all, I'm laughing in my head incredibly hard at the idea of Christopher Johnson saying the word badass in public. But I guess he's really setting up expectations here, so these uniforms better be pretty awesome.
5: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty heavy quote from him setting to set that up. To like he's he's leaving a lot of room for disappointment there. And uh I don't think there's any jersey that you could put out there that is going to be you know, a hundred percent agreement from a fan base. I think no matter what you put out there, there's going to be fans that that are going to love them. There's going to be fans that are going to hate them. And there's going to be fans that actually hate them, but say they love them and and vice versa. Uh, So I don't think there's anything you could really do behind that, but he's leaving the room for disappointment there because if it, if they're not badass, if they're not like that, Then fans are going to be upset, but uh, I'm just excited for it to happen just so we can stop discussing it. I I know lots of you guys love it. I respect it. I understand it. I just want to see it and then see everyone's reaction and move on.
4: Christopher Johnson himself will not be wearing these uniforms, but there is something else he might wear if the Jets win a Lombardi trophy, and that's the actual trophy around his neck. That's what he said. He said, "Look, if we win a Lombardi trophy, I'll wear it like a crown until people are sick of me." Also said that there is no playoff mandate because he doesn't believe in those, but he does absolutely believe that the Jets are a much better team. He says, "Everybody on the team, every player, the coaches, we have to prove ourselves here." But he says that he thinks that they are on the right track. I sure as hell hope we're a playoff team. Look, I want to win every game. We can't get there fast enough. I've said it before. I'm an impatient man. I want this team to win. And I think that we have a really good chance to be quite good this year. More of the stuff that you expect from him. But again, it's worth noting that he came out and reiterated there is no playoff mandate for Mike McKagan and Adam Gase.
5: Yeah, and look, every time this topic comes up, I'm going to say the same exact thing. I there shouldn't be a mandate. I agree with that, just because there's too many things that can happen and can throw you off that are beyond your control whether it's injury or whatever else you can you, you could get 11 and 5 have an 11 to 5 season but miss the playoffs you know because you lose a tiebreaker or something and maybe because Darnold was hurt for three weeks out of the season or something and it, there's too many things like that to it, it, give a pl- either a playoff and you're fired, especially to a coach in his first year. Uh, a playoff where you're fired and then you finish eleven and five or ten and six after this after last season. Like if if they finish ten and six and miss the playoffs, I think fans will be happy with at least the direction they're going. Now we've seen it before: the first year coach and then go back. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything but I don't think any fans are going to be calling for anybody to be fired if they go 10-6 and and miss the playoffs. So I'm always a believer in not giving mandates like that. However, the fact that he came and said, I sure as hell hope we're a playoff team, lets you know that he's a little closer to that, to it being a mandate, where maybe it's, you know, I expect to make the playoffs – unless something crazy like this happens I, i'm going to leave the some wiggle room in case it happens but the, i expect to at least be in playoff contention and if not then maybe we'll have to make a move from there but i i think this the the quote about wearing the lombardi trophy on the crown it's great, and it, man, just picture this. Look at the – just go for the visual of this. The Lombardi Trophy, I mean, hey, I, I, this isn't a little trophy. Uh, on your head like a crown, everybody has got wants to – group to see this right like every person in the league wants to see an owner Christopher Johnson is not exactly a big giant man he's going to be walking around with a, with a Lombardi trophy on his head as a helmet a crown yeah I want to see that. that that's something I want to see I want to see if he can even just walk around with it
4: sounds like Christopher Johnson thinks he's Flava Flav. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I will say this though Chris I am definitely with you and we are both in the minority on the playoff mandate thing I don't believe in making mandates like that because it forces general managers and coaches to do desperate things. If there had been a playoff mandate, who knows what Mike McKagan might have done to try and save his job. He could have traded draft picks for guys that could help him win this year. You take away the general manager's motivation for planning for the future, and that's a situation that could possibly lead to a playoff bid this year, but also lead to a lot less long-term success. I think it's much more important to see that the Jets are on the right track for the long Term. I think that's what Christopher Johnson is saying. However, he did say that he expects to compete for the playoffs, and that is an expectation that we should all have. And if the Jets don't compete for the playoffs, and it's for any reason other than major injuries, that is absolutely something that Mike McCagnon should have to answer for. The same way that Dave Gettleman should probably have to answer for the weird moves that he's been making, including trading Odell Beckham. This is something that Christopher Johnson was also asked about because it's perceived that the Jets are winning the. The tabloid war in the new york press since jets get their big star the giants lose their big star but christopher johnson says he doesn't really care much about that all he cares about is putting a winning team out there. He also says that it would be fantastic if the team could finally host a playoff game since they haven't hosted one since 2002 and they haven't hosted one in the new stadium, MetLife Stadium. Also said that while he doesn't care about the media attention, he's fine with making comments like the one we just talked about with wearing the Lombardi trophy like a crown. He said all he wants to do is just do what he can to make the team better and all the rest of the chips will fall where they may. Makes sense to me. I don't think Christopher Johnson's a guy that cares that much about headlines. That's always the perception that I've gotten. Maybe Woody cared a little bit more. But ultimately, I'm sure that he was smiling looking at the back pages where Le'Veon Bell is on there making the Jets look great and everybody's bashing the Giants for getting rid of Odell Beckham.
5: Yeah, that quote is perfect. Just honestly, I'm not that worried about that. That is a perfect quote because he's... His brother definitely got a little more caught up in that. Christopher Johnson wants headlines, but he wants those headlines to be Jets going to the Super Bowl, Jets won the Super Bowl, Jets hosting playoff games. He wants those headlines more than anything else. Um, You can't sit there and get caught up. Us media people love to do this, the Giants versus Jets, and the fans love to do it too, but they both play in different conferences. Yes, they share a building, but... If you're if you're building a team worrying about the Giants, then you're doing it way, way wrong, way, way wrong. So if you if you build a team to be better than all the other 31 teams in the league, then guess what? The Giants are going to be one of those 31 teams so you can be better than them, too. And everybody else, that should be the goal. Um but, yeah, it, you can't focus on that. you, you just got to focus on them getting better, putting that attention there. And, the, the, us again, our media, we're going to do this. We're going to dredge this up every year. We're going to play them off each other. Same market, that's what happens. But uh, that they have to move what's best for them and just kind of, you know, they can take some uh, pleasure in watching the Giants be the, the doddering fools for once and have everybody wonder, what are they thinking? But if you just sit there and get comfortable, just like, all right, the Giants are the joke of the town. Now we're good. Then they will be right back to switching roles back with the Jets being the joke again in a little bit.
1: With the Lucky landslots, Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Interesting
4: news involving the Giants, too, and this is Jets adjacent because, obviously, they share the same town and Odell Beckham ended up going to a team that the Jets are going to be playing this year, the Cleveland Browns. It sounds like ownership for the Giants had to have their arm twisted into trading Odell Beckham. Here's what Giants co-owner John Mara had to say. I still felt up until a couple of days before we consummated the trade that he was going to be a Giant, certainly for the 2019 season. Some calls came in and Cleveland got aggressive in the end. It was not an easy decision and certainly one that was not anticipated until a couple of days before the trade. He also said that he reluctantly approved the trade, and it was very difficult to approve a trade of somebody of Odell Beckham's level of talent. This, to me, sounds like he's more or less pinning the deal on the shoulders of Dave Gettleman. He's sort of saying, yeah, I signed off on it, but Dave was really the one that wanted to trade him.
5: Yeah, it's definitely what it sounds like, and uh, I definitely am, would not put it past him to be doing that, at, especially with the reaction the way that it is from his, he, uh, everyone around the league. Can't believe that you that's all you got back for El, Odell. Why would you do this? Why would you do this just you know, shortly after giving him the new contract last year? Because that's the thing that really doesn't make sense. Since he signed the contract, he had the injury and wasn't able to compete, but he really didn't do anything. The the things that I think that it was going on the shop with LeBron and having that weird ESPN Sports center interview with Little Wayne there, I feel like that's the Giants were just, that had to be what Gettleman reacted to and was like, we can't be having this. This isn't New York Giant football behavior. Uh, that that's the only thing I can think of that happened from when he signed that new contract to do trading him, and uh, it just it sounds like. Marr is sitting there, saw the reaction, and now he's like, "All right, let me throw my GM under the bus a little bit here." And um, I don't necessarily doubt that that's how it played out because I can totally imagine and picture Dave Gettleman doing that. I I made jokes to a bunch of my friends who are Giants fans when they hired Gettleman. I was about Gettleman how he's going to hate Odell and run him out of town. So. Uh, It's not a shock. It's not a surprise, but it just—it still doesn't make sense to me at all.
4: And just to pound the point home that Maris seems to be passing the buck on this, he says they, meaning the Browns, made an offer that Dave and Pat, Pat Shermer, the head coach, found compelling, and we ultimately approved it. It was not an easy decision. So he's more or less saying, I wasn't looking to trade Odell, but this is what Dave and Pat wanted, so I gave in.
5: Yeah. And I, I heard uh, somewhere I, I don't know if it was more on but somebody's uh it might have been Gettleman about the Browns making an offer they couldn't refuse and it come on now, that offer is not that great. <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> one of the biggest problems people have with this is like if you were gonna trade Odell you should have gotten a bigger a better offer than that. It's not a terrible offer. But let let's see. Good luck turning any of those draft picks into Odell and Odell Beckham level talent we know peppers isn't going to be on that level so you got two draft picks you got to nail and get at least one of them's got to be on odell's level and chances are that's not going to happen Let's
4: get back to the Jets now in that number three overall pick. A little bit of news there. We'll start with Josh Allen, the edge rusher from Kentucky. He had his pro day. Mike McKagan was not there. However, they are going to have a private visit with him sometime within the next month, according to ESPN's Rich Simini, who also reported that other people around the NFL tend to believe that the Jets are going to be zeroing in on Josh Allen just based on the need that the Jets have. I have to stress here, Chris. I don't necessarily read much of anything into any of this. They're going to have private meetings with all of the top guys at some point, which will include Bosa, which will include Quinn and Williams, which will probably include guys like Jonah Williams, Jawan Taylor, Greedy Williams, all of the top guys that could even be considered within that realm and within the relatively close realm because they may trade down. I also don't read much into the not going to the Pro Days. McCagnin didn't go to the Alabama Pro Day either, although Quinn and Williams didn't really do much there. I think a lot of this is just speculation and people trying to read tea leaves, but nobody has any idea what the Jets board looks like, and this is all pretty much standard operating procedure at this point of the year, right?
5: Yeah, we've seen it every year. Teams do this. Sometimes they have their are hearts and eyes set on them, one specific player, so they will go and do everything in their power to not get connected to that player. They will skip to their pro days. They will not go and scout as many of their games. They might not even schedule a, you know private interviews with this player because they already know they're going to go after him, and they just they know that it you know people are going to look and see this, so they're just going to connect that dot. That you know the Josh Allen is going to be mocked to the Jets a hundred times, uh, just today alone. There's going to be a hundred mocks out there, just because of the, the need, where they are in the draft, how few options. But then, like you said, look, if they trade down, we know that they're going to consider a trade down option. They're hoping that they can get an, an offer that'll make it worth it for them to trade down. So they can't just sit there and just talk to the guys in the top five. They have to be ready to be able to make a pick in the middle of it. So they're going to have to do a lot of that stuff. Whether they went to Josh Allen's pro day isn't going to affect whether they will draft him or not. It's another thing that you can use to connect dots if you want, but it really doesn't mean anything, especially with the way teams will play tricks to try to throw people off the scent um you know this could you could make an argument that this me makes josh allen the favorite for the jets uh at three if they stay there and you could make an argument that that means they're less interested it's smoke season this is what it is uh they're they're gonna be in look who they want to look for and be invested in But we try to read way too much into this stuff and end up tricking ourselves sometimes in the process.
4: A lot of this stuff becomes a Rorschach test where you see what you want to see. I tend to not really put much stock into any of it in any direction. Although I did find this funny because Quinnen Williams had a private meeting with the 49ers. I'm sure he'll have one with the Jets at some point as well. They told him he could pick any restaurant he wanted for the meeting. And he picked IHOP, which cracked me up and just showed you what a regular dude he is. Afterwards, his agent was tweeting at IHOP, basically implying that there could be possibilities of an endorsement deal there because Quinnen loves IHOP. I jokingly tweeted at his agent. Nicole Lynn there are plenty of IHOPs here in the New York New Jersey area and please tell Quinn and Williams that I also then said hey I hope if Quinn gets picked number three overall that he can be a guest on this program and she responded let's hope he isn't on the board at number three but if he is I'm sure we can make something happen I certainly understand why she would hope that he's not on the board at number three but that cracked me up and I'm telling you right now Chris I am 100% gonna hold her that if the Jets end up getting Quinn and Williams
5: Oh, I have no doubt about that. Um, but let's let's get into this IHOP thing right here because I'm conflicted <laughs> about this, and I I have I have some some takes on this right here. So uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm super conflicted here because I'm going to give Quinton Williams a lot of credit here for number one. This is first and foremost breakfast food is the best food yes Uh, this this is indisputable this is a fact you you can fight me if you want you are going to lose breakfast food is the best food breakfast food for lunch uh, breakfast lunch or dinner I don't care fight me that's it and so like (laughs) he gets credit for that and I can't now I can't knock him too much for this uh, because he's not from New York or New Jersey But I do always kind of – I drive past an IHOP uh, and around here. um, What are you doing going to an IHOP if you're in New York and New Jersey? We have diners. We have real (laughs) diners. So when Quentin Williams comes here to New Jersey, one of my first things – I do the same thing with players when I hear them talking about, uh, you know, Domino's or Pizza Hut or Papa John's. I, I pull them aside. I'm like, listen, man, you're in New Jersey now. You don't eat that. You go for real pizza. (laughs) If you live in Nebraska, then I understand the appeal of Domino's. If you live in Nebraska, I understand the appeal of an IHOP. New Jersey now, you come to the diners. You find the good diners, don't go to IHOP. So if Quinnen Williams does come here, that's going to be one of the first things I'm going to have to have a talk with them. I get you love IHOP. I understand it. You don't know any better. Go check out some of these diners and you'll never go to an IHOP again in New Jersey.
4: I think it's just a matter of what you're used to and what you're comfortable with as a result. But obviously, that's true. I mean, as an example, when I was living in Virginia, the people there were all excited to get Papa John's or Domino's and stuff like that. And then they were confounded as to why I would refuse to eat it. And I would say, look, I'm from New York. If I eat that, I'm never allowed to go back. Those are the rules. You're banned forever from New York or New Jersey if you eat Papa John's or Domino's or Pizza Hut or Little Caesars for any other reason than it's 3 in the morning and literally nothing else is open and you're hungry and you have to have something. That's the only excuse. I can't be sitting around in the middle of the day at lunchtime eating Papa John's or Domino's. Just can't be done. So I understand what you're saying, Chris, but at the same time, that's what he knows. I'm sure that if he were to come here for a prolonged period of time. Perhaps fingers crossed if he were to be drafted number three by the Jets. Over time, he would be educated to the idea that there are great diners here and you don't have to go to IHOP. But if you're somebody who spent your life not living in New York or New Jersey, then it's just a matter of what you're used to. And he likes IHOP. I will say, and I've said this before, IHOP and Chick-fil-A are two of my favorite I'm driving and I have to stop somewhere places because when you're driving on the road and you just need to stop and get something relatively quick, sometimes you're not necessarily in the mood for a gamble. And while you know that your IHOP meal isn't going to be the greatest meal you've ever had, there are enough options there. There's enough variety and there are enough healthy options for somebody like me where you can stop there and at least confidently know that you're going to get a decent meal. So I understand it. And like you said, there's a reason why Christopher Turk from Scrubs is all about Brenner. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yes and yeah no the you know chain restaurants this is my thing with chain restaurants If if i'm in an area i know and everything i'm never going to a chain of restaurant. of course but if i'm if i'm out of town and i don't know anything i'm gonna give me that chain restaurant because i i know that it's not going to be great but i know that there's going to be something simple and easy i can find and i can i can rock with that i i know that like yeah, If I'm out somewhere like, yeah, okay, a Friday now all of a sudden doesn't sound so bad to me. I know what I can get there. I'm going to find something decent there. So I get it. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to hold that against Quinn and Tumat because he doesn't know yet. He he doesn't know better yet. Uh, You know, it's not his fault. But if if he comes here and a couple years in, he's still clinging to his IHOPs, then me and him are going to have to have some words.
4: Look, we'll hold Bryce Petty out as the model here. He was the one that tweeted out about how excited he was that he could order Domino's on his phone. We all scolded him over it, and he learned his lesson. He figured out that New York has much better pizza than Domino's. You can't fault him. He was from Texas. He didn't know any better. So if Quentin Williams does end up here, I'm sure that we will all educate him, and he will learn that there are better diners. But even if he still enjoys IHOP, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if the Jets are on the road, and like you said, Chris, he's in a hurry, and he wants to get some something quick and he doesn't necessarily trust some of the other places that he doesn't know about so i'm not going to kill him on the ihop thing especially since like i said when i'm on the road and i'm looking for something that i have to eat quick and i know isn't going to be bad ihop is one of my go-to places along with chick-fil-a chris before we go let's talk real quickly about the statement that robert Kraft made and then i believe we have some breaking news involving adam Gase.
5: yeah uh the you know this the Kraft statement is uh is a weird thing. He put out that first statement right after the news, where it was really, really defiant. And, you know, I didn't break any laws. I didn't do this. Then he went and he pled not guilty. They filed a, a motion to su- suppress the evidence of the video. And then he comes out and he apologizes and says he's sorry. Well, if you didn't break the law, if you didn't do any wrong, what are you apologizing for? And... Yes, what he did obviously it, in a court of law, he didn't admit to anything right now. But as far as the NFL is concerned, from an NFL standpoint, punishment, it, that he basically just admitted to enough to to be found, uh, uh, you know, to have some type of punishment from the NFL. I again, I don't know what you're apologizing for. You said you didn't break the law, you didn't do anything wrong, and now you're apologizing that sounds like you might have done something wrong. So it's really odd timing of it. Um, Again, it obviously doesn't mean that he's going to be found guilty. That statement isn't going to come into play in court or anyway. But we know the NFL, the court result doesn't matter as much. We know... There's a lot of attention on this, and it's, it seems unlikely that it will just get completely swept under the rug. Now, of course, he's an owner, so if he gets suspended like Ursay did for a couple games, it's not going to actually affect anything on the field. But it is just weird. The timing of it is all weird. Apologizing while uh, sitting there saying you didn't do anything wrong it seems weird to me. It's all weird. Yeah, it's all really
4: strange. I don't exactly know what to make of it. I'm not sure what the value of making this statement was, but I'm sure that his attorneys advised him on what to say. So I guess we'll see how this shakes out. But, Chris, let's pivot from that to what I mentioned before, the breaking news. Adam Gase has some comments about Le'Veon Bell.
5: Adam Gase talked to Kim Jones at NFL Media and uh, had, had this quote that he, he loves his variety. I love that he could do everything. And he said that he's been watching more films since he signed him. The funny, I think I tried not to tease myself too much by watching too much before signing him. And then they signed him, and now he's allowed himself to go ahead and get carried away and watch the film and be reminded of all the different things he can do with him and all the different ways he can use them. And we've talked about this over and over again with Bell. About how great of a pass protector he is, how great of a receiver he is—not just out of the backfield, but you can actually have him run routes. Um, so, you know, Gase talked about it. He's he's been digging into film more and more, and he's getting more and more excited about the possibilities, the things he can do with Le'Veon Bell. And you know, again, a Jameson Crowder signing is a similar thing. The way Adam Gase, what he does best as a play caller is get guys in space, especially in the middle of the field, and leave them with room so they can make plays after getting the ball in their hands. And you can tell reading these quotes uh, from Gase that he's he's been looking into it more and more, and the more he looks into it, the more excited he gets about the potential and the possibilities he sees with Le'Veon Bell.
4: Chris, the breaking news won't stop because in addition to Gase's comments, we have new signings. It's not anybody that we're unfamiliar with, though. This just came out. Neil Sterling, the tight end. And outside linebacker Brandon Copeland returned to the Jets. No news on the terms yet. With Sterling, I have to assume this is just a matter of having as much depth as possible, especially since Herndon is going to miss the first game with the suspension. And with Copeland, he showed some promise last year, had five sacks. The Jets haven't solved that edge rusher problem yet. So this is a good young guy to bring back in here and have with Frankie Louvu, even if it's just rotationally.
5: Yeah, uh, two names that you know aren't going to get a breaking news uh cut in too much too often but <laughs> the third week of free agency that that counts that works it's good enough um the sterling thing it's that makes perfect sense i, I still don't know if if their tomlinson thing makes sense that's he, he has not been good he has not been good as a blocker at all i they could have gone elsewhere there uh but Sterling makes sense that he's, you know, he's, he's not anything great. But as a number two tight end uh, to be the number one tight end for our uh, game, that's fine. Um, they could still look to add another one in the draft or, you know, free agent uh, undrafted free agency or get someone after training camp cuts to swap for uh, Eric Tomlinson. But right now they know. Worst case scenario, they go into the season with Herndon, Sterling, and Tomlinson as their top three tight ends. Um, And then the Copeland, that makes all the sense in the world. I can't imagine it's going to be a big contract at this point in week three. I I can't imagine he had too many big bags out there waiting for him to grab. Uh, They didn't do anything along the outside linebacker. You know, they tried his bar, that fell through. So they bring back Luvu, they bring back Copeland, and then if you, they can, you know, get one of the edge guys in the draft, whether it's Josh Allen or Bosa, or they trade down and get a, a sweat or you know a Burns, or they yeah, try to get somebody with the third round picks, they can look to add that there, and I just hope that Copeland and Luvu both build on what they did last year because they both were solid players that contributed in a lot of ways. Now, they're not going to be the, you know, top-of-the-line edge rushers, but they can help, and if you compare those two uh, combined with uh, a a draft pick from the edge, that will go a long way to helping this Jets pass rush, which we know has been absolutely dismal over the last couple years.
4: With that, Chris, let's end this podcast before there's more breaking news, and we end up being here for the next three hours with breaking news coming in every five minutes. So for those that don't know where to find you and read your very big deal work, why don't you go ahead and let them know?
5: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cnimbly and at jetsinsider.com or just at jetsinsider, and then you can go to jetsinsider.com. Like I said, I'm going to shift focus into the draft content coming soon is this next week going to have a bunch of Quinn and stuff. I've dug through a bunch of tape there. got a few more games to go. Bosa and uh, Josh Allen are up next. And then I'll go into uh, those middle round guys, the value picks that I, that are the guys that I'm going to really fall in love with. Uh, those second and third round guys where they present bigger value. Um, so that this is the most fun part of the season for me, looking into the draft, pre- pretending like I have some, you know, actual GM in me and do all this fun stuff and get to play around with the stuff and have a lot of fun. I'll also be doing, doing some mock drafts. Fans love that. So we'll get working on that stuff real soon.
4: A lot of great draft content coming your way, not only at JetsInsider.com and TurnOnTheJets.com, but also on this podcast over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. It is going to be a lot of fun as we get ready for the draft in late April. In the meantime, go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter. Visit him at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest, the New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
0: Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.